Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, welcome to Reconstructing, Building Our Faith on a Better Foundation. This is our final lesson. I'm really excited about it. I titled it Reconstructing Parenting, and I just want to talk about parenting. And if you're not a parent, you're going to love it because they're just principles that we can use as adults. And also, uh, you know, you'll be able to pass this along, this message to uh, young people that you feel might benefit from it. And I wish I understood some of these things when we were raising our kids. I read tons of books, and Gina and I studied on it, but we, you just learn more as you go, right? And uh, so I'm real excited about sharing this message. And in my opinion, for Gina and I, the most difficult thing we have ever done is raise children. And we had good kids. It wasn't that they were difficult. It's just a weighty issue. It's weighty. And, uh, you know, their lives are in your hands, and you want to do it as well as it can be done. And, and I don't know of anything I've, I've ever done that was more difficult than that. And uh, we had a lot of parent fails, and uh, a lot of times I had to apologize to my kids for losing it. Uh, you know, just yelling at them, saying they're pigs, the house is a pigsty, you know, little, little things like that, you know, nothing major. But uh, I'd sit him down and say, Daddy, sorry, he lost his temper again. And, uh, you know, so, so it's tough. It's tough. It's a tough job. And you want to do it right. You want to give them every benefit that they can have. So I'm excited about teaching this. And uh, I have a big idea for this lesson. And it's what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And here it is. Parents control the destiny of their children. That's huge. You control their future. What we do now is going to impact their future forever. And the Bible talks about this, and it's quite a responsibility. And for some of you that, you know, you feel like, oh, man, I didn't know any of this. I didn't even know Jesus. I didn't know the Bible. Don't worry, there's this thing called prayer, and you can pray a lot for your adult kids, and God can move and do a lot of things in their life. So thank God for prayer. Also want to say there are some children, they're born with chemical imbalances. They're born, uh, you know, with uh, clinical depression, oppression. And I know that. God knows that. Everybody understands that. And if we can do all these things we're going to teach today, we'll give them the best chance and we may have to coach them, you know, as, as they're older and help them and, and, and come, you know, to their aid because they have challenges, right? So don't get down on yourself if you're dealing with some of those issues. But this is just an amazing message that, that I'm looking forward to teaching. And here's our scripture, guys. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way they should go. And even when they grow older, they will not abandon it. So let's keep this up on the screen. I want to just point some really amazing things in there uh, that are in here. Listen to the last part. When, when they're, they grow older, they will not abandon it. So you literally can bring them to who they're going to be, what, what kind of person you want them to be. And when they, when they leave your care, they'll stick with what you train them with. So this, this is really powerful. And, and notice this, train up a child in the way they should go. So you have to determine, what do you want your kids to be? What's the way you want them to go when they're older? And so that's, this is for you. I'm going to give you some thoughts. I'm going to give you some of my opinions. 
um, and you're going to have to decide. And here's the deal about this. Whether you know about it or not, you're training them. You're training them. If you're training them wrong, you're training them right. Or if you're not training them, the lack of training, it's all going to impact them. That's the way they're going to go, and they won't depart from that when they get older. Or I should say it's really difficult to depart, right? And then notice this word, train up. This is a fascinating word. It's talking about routines, and you just put them through these routines over and over and over. Routines, routines. And I'm a routine guy, so that comes pretty natural. Routines, routines, routines. But it also has a definition uh, that's really fascinating. It means to infuse and to imbue, and it's just literally talking about you creating their belief system and their filter system. That's what we do. We do it through training. And this Hebrew phrase paints a picture. Some Hebrew words paint pictures and phrases. It's a beautiful picture. And you've heard me, if you've been here for years, you've heard me probably bring it up once or twice. But it's a beautiful picture, and it goes like this. Uh, It paints the picture of having a white rag and a bowl of blue dye. Not paint, but blue dye. And you take the white rag and you put it into the blue dye. You leave it overnight. Now, if it was paint, here's what paint would do. Paint would coat it like a plastic on the outside, but the fibers inside would still be white, but not a dye. And this is the picture it's painting. The dye literally infuses every microfiber. And if you allow it to be in there long enough, that white rag, when you pull it out, it's pliable. It's not coated like with paint, but it's no longer a white rag. It's now blue. And every fiber all the way through is blue. And that's what God's saying you and I can do as parents. We can blue dye our kids. And that's, that is awesome. Uh, we, can, we decide what we want the blue dye to be, but we can blue dye our kids. And that is so powerful, guys, if we understand it. And you're doing it whether you know you're doing it or not. You're doing it by the lack of routines. You're doing it by wrong routines or, or good routines. You're blue dyeing your kids. And, and, and it says when they're older, they won't depart. And I got to thinking about this. I, uh, I have an addictive personality, and some of you are that, like me. I, I have to be addicted to something. So if it's not, if it's not exercise, it's going to be food for me. you know. And so I have to be addicted to something. And I grew up in this home uh, with a mom that immigrated from Italy when she was 10. And uh, her way of showing love was to feed us. And I just... I was just thinking about growing up, you know. Mom was like a short order cook in the morning. We'd wake up, what do you want for breakfast? And if somebody wanted eggs, eggs. What kind of eggs? And then, and then pancakes, Wh- whatever you want. Cereal, here it is. And she just fed us. And then she made our lunches. And I remember when my brother Mike and I got into junior high and high school, we, we wanted three sandwiches in that lunch. And then she put a bag of potato chips. And then she put... Uh, cookies and, and sweets. They were usually homemade. And then she put something good like an apple, a banana, an orange, right? And we just ate big. We'd come home and she'd say, honey, what do you want for a snack? And she'd give us a snack. Then we'd eat dinner and there was always, there's so much left. We could have seconds and thirds. She made so much food. But then after dinner, what do you want for dessert, honey? And uh, she, usually a homemade dessert and we ate dessert. And then before we went to bed, not, I'm not kidding. What bedtime snack would you like, honey? And, and my go-to snack was a, I ate a whole package of graham crackers and dipped them in milk. My brother Tony was a half box of manila wafers. And uh, my brother Jim liked the cakes and the pies with some milk. And we all had our go-to, right? And that's how I grew up. That, 
that was my blue dye with food, you know? And I just happened to be addictive personality. My mom didn't know that. And I got away with it when I was active in sports and all that. But as soon as I stopped doing those things, uh, I needed endorphins. People that are addicted need endorphin releases. So I got mine from binging with food. And, and I told Gina the other day, I said, because uh, I'll work out on a stationary bike in the morning, and then I go swim laps at night. And I told her, that it gives me the same endorphin release that food did. So I have to have it. If I don't have it, I'm going to probably eat. So I, I, I have to be addictive. Some of you aren't like that, and I'm mad at you for not being like that. Uh, but so I couldn't break it. I just couldn't break it. I tried everything. I tried every fad diet. I, over the years, I, I had times where I'd, I'd lose a bunch of weight, but I could never, not keep it off for more than six months. And so I, I started to pray. I hired a coach for a little bit, just before COVID, and that helped. That got me the next step. But then I ended up going to a clinic last August, and I got there, and man, it was crazy. Uh, uh, breakfast was a little bowl of berries, and then uh, lunch was a big salad, but it was all salad things. There, there was n nothing else, no bacon on that salad. And then dinner was like this tiny little dinner, and then the doctor there, he said, Joe, you're going to work out two, two and a half, three hours a day. Okay, I want you working out. Because we, we just stayed there. I didn't have a vehicle or anything. And so he, you know, I'm walking six, seven, eight miles a day. And it was San Diego, so a lot of heels. Um, he wanted me working out with weights. And then I began to swim laps. And, and then I'm riding a stationary bike. And it's hours. And I did it for 31 days, the whole month of August. And I'm telling you something, it it enabled me to break the blue dye. But without it, I, I, I just couldn't break that blue dye, guys. And this is how important training our kids are in every single way. So I came up with um, just the three main principles that you and I want to teach our children, and we want to work these in our lives too, uh, because we're blue dyeing them whether we know it or not, right? Parents control the destiny of their children. First one's really simple. I won't take a lot of time on it. It's more the natural side. And it goes like this, focus on their natural routines. And so you just have to ask yourself, what kind of adult do you want them to be? And you put them through those routines. So, you know, give them chores. And my parents gave us tons of chores and, and it just was so healthy for us, all the chores that they made us do. And we did that with our kids. And, you know, it, 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 I remember some of our kids, uh, we wanted them to keep their room clean and when they got into high school, it was like, we just said, we can't win this battle. And uh, we just said, could you just shut your door, please? Just shut the door. Because I, I can't handle clutter. I start to shake around clutter. And so uh, I just can't handle it. So, um, so they shut their door for us. And I, I said, they'll get it, because I was sloppy as a kid, too. I said, you'll get it. You'll get it. Um, it doesn't matter. And they did. They all got it, right? So, uh, but you, you just train them. You train them with homework, right? And my mom, and, you know, an immigrant, my dad was raised by immigrants. My dad only went to eighth grade, um, and, and my mom didn't even do that. She had to go to work in a factory during World War II uh, in Pennsylvania uh, where she immigrated. And so, um, you know, my, my parents were uh, just hardworking people, right? And they didn't understand homework. And so I'd come home from school. They'd say, you have any homework? And I'd say, no, 
they say, okay. And I just never did homework. And I didn't know why I was in school. I couldn't figure out why they were sending me there. I didn't like it. And so I didn't want to work. And I just wanted to play and have fun and socialize. I was a very social creature. So I just wanted to socialize with everybody. And so uh, we thought we're going to get our kids to do their homework. And we did. We put them in routines of homework. And you guys, it's just, this is just the natural stuff, right? We just were recently watching uh, Joey and Riley for a few days. Pastor Joe and Pastor Ann were out of town. And so we're watching our grandchildren. And Joey's 12, Riley's 10. And Gina would pick them up from school. And you guys want dinner? No, no, we're going to do our homework first. And they sit down, and they do their homework. I'm like, whoa, your daddy didn't want to do his homework. And uh, <laughs> And, and, and it's like they're, they're doing their homework. And then Riley says, I'm going to practice my flute before I eat. And I go, really? Aren't you starving? And so uh, I was just amazed at the routines, right? And so this is all natural stuff. And here's what you want to ask. What do you want, to be, what do you want them to be like as adults? And you just train them. What kind of employee do you want them to be? And you just train them with all these natural things. And it's real simple. I'm going to throw this out there too. And I want to talk about it from more of a spiritual uh, perspective in a moment, but uh, even with the routine of getting your kids to church, you, here's what you want to ask. It's up to you. Do you want them to go to church when they leave the house? So if you do, you want to get them blue-dyed with, hey, we go to church. Now, there's spiritual reasons you come, but it's just you have, you have to ask yourself, do you want them to come twice a year, Easter and Christmas? When, you, know, you want them to come regularly? You have to ask that question. It's up to you. But you're training them, you know? So if you're training them that Sundays we sleep in and we rest because we're so tired, and, and I'm not saying you're not tired, but if, you wanna, if that's what you want them to be, the routine's building those filters, those belief systems inside of them. So that's the natural. That's all I'll say, natural things. Just think about how you want them to be. And then the this, this second principles where I want to really spend a little time. Uh, you want to focus on what they believe. And this is important. So this is where you guys have to ask, what do you want your kids to believe when they leave the house? What do you want them to believe in high school? What do you want their filter system to be? And you literally control that. You control it by lack of or the positive that you do. And this is so, so important so I'm, I'm going to show you what we did. I'm going to give you some Bible principles, but you ultimately have to decide. And there's two things you have to do. Uh, this, the second, we'll deal with this second, is, is you literally have to protect them from the world they're in. Um, you, you can't put them in a bubble, but you, you've got to protect them from some of the bad things that are in the world. And I get to thinking about raising a kid today. It was so much easier when we raised our children. There was so much less out there, and it's really really tough parents, and, and we'll talk about that. But the first principle underneath this focus on what they believe is this. You want to fill your children with truth, and you have to decide what that truth is. I believe it's Bible-based. I believe it comes from the Bible, but you have to decide that, right? And I want to show you a scripture. It's a cool scripture, Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. I had tons, but I had to hold back and just use this one. Um, fix these words of mine, God's words, the Bible, in your hearts and minds. Tie them as, a, as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. And so this is before digital, before analog. This is just, just a you know, parchment and, and, and something to write with. And he's just saying to adults here, he's saying, make sure you get the word of God inside you, get it in you and keep it in front of you and memorize it and see it and read it. It's all he's saying. But listen to the next verse, very next verse. 
teach them God's word to your children. So whose responsibility is it to get the Bible into your kids? It's parents. It's yours. Now, you'll have help. Church will help you. Uh, There's videos that will help you. There's songs that will help you, kids' songs and all that. But it's up to the parents. It says, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. Today, it would be driving, you know, in our vehicle. Uh, When you lie down. So you can read them books about the ABCs and nursery rhymes. That's okay. We do that. Uh, We did that with our kids. We do it with our grandkids. Um, But also throw, throw a book in there, a Bible-based children's book. It's, you're, you're just getting that word in them, right? And then when they get up. So he's just saying, man, it's our job as parents to infuse them with the truth of the Bible. And this is what creates their filters. This is what determines their belief systems. And if you can get them young, man, and get this into them, when they're old, they will not depart from it. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Sometimes they sow their wild oats and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes you get them too late and it's a little more difficult. But I'm telling you, you'll be shocked. You'll see it come back as they age and as they get older. So this is really, really important. And one of the spiritual reasons for church, guys, is that church is going to back you up and help get the truth into your kids if that's what you want in them. If you want Bible in your kids, we'll do it here. You know, from B Kids Junior, uh, uh, that's, you know, the infant through toddler age. We, we literally aren't just babysitting. We're infusing scriptures. We're giving them scriptures and principles to learn. We do that in B Kids. And your kids, they're being flooded with the word of God, and we're making sure that word gets inside of them, and we're helping you out. Student ministry. I'm telling you, in my opinion, the toughest time is junior high. That's when your hormones let loose, and I became a beast in junior high. I was just terrible, you know, and uh, I didn't know what was happening, and, and so I was just like a different guy, and, and uh, just angry and mad and different, and, and so student ministry here at Believers is amazing because uh, Pastor Ryan and his team, he has an incredible team. They're not only going to you know, tell the kids the word of God, they're going to disciple them, and they're discipling them. It's just absolutely amazing. So getting your kids here on Wednesday night is just really, really helpful, and it's just, it's just up to you. Our daycare, it's really an outreach daycare. And we just let people know, because we've had people say, are you going to put this book in your daycare, that book? And we go, no, we're not, we're not going to teach the kids these things, right? And some people get a little upset, and they say, we're going to have our attorney get, get you. And we say, here's our attorney's number, have fun. And uh, <laughs> we're a private organization, Christian. We're allowed to do that, right? And so uh, we don't worry about that, and we just we, we pump them. But I, we've had so many people... Uh, come to the church they've accepted Christ through the daycare and it's just so exciting to watch and we put our kids in Christian school uh, up until junior high and and they just learned as they pumped the word in them so it, it was just we wanted to pump the word in them and I know that's expensive uh, but that's that's what we decided to do and uh, if you live in Warren City or Youngstown guys out, out that way uh, your kids, They'll pay their way to Ursuline, Mooney, uh, Heartland Christian. Uh, they'll pay their way to JFK. They'll pay, pay their way uh, to any Christian school here in Trumbull County, Victory. They just pay their way. That's how our state works. Thank God for our governor and what they've set up. It's absolutely amazing. So 
you have to decide, but it's your job to get it in them, right? Use every tool you can. And, and, and here's a couple. I watch these with my, my granddaughter. Uh, and a couple things you can watch for free on YouTube. One is Superbook. And it's really cool. It's cartoon. And these kids go into the Bible. or like transported, so a little sci-fi there, right? And, and, and then they go back to Bible stories. And I just watched... Daniel in the lion's den. It was amazing with Ophelia, who's three, my granddaughter. And, and we just, we had a blast watching it. And then here's another one, Bible Adventures. So while you're driving in the car at home, uh, you know, Bible Adventures is awesome. There's a young girl that's to host and she just does some talking and things. And then they have a cartoon made for the principal of that day. And then they have a guy that sings a song for the principal of that day. And it's absolutely awesome. Ophelia loved that also just at three years old. So there's all kinds of tools out there. When our kids were young, there was this show called Gospel Bill. How many in here remember Gospel Bill? How many of you grew up on Gospel Bill? That, that was a great show. And all it was was a, it's like around a cowboy town, and they taught them Bible principles with Gospel Bill. Willie George was Gospel Bill, an incredible minister, uh, pastor guy. But um, we... As parents, there's times when I just needed a break, Gina needed a break. We'd put them in front of that at night for two hours. I know it's probably, people say it's not good, but we, we got the word of God. There's just times we're going to go pull our hair out if we don't do something, right? And, and so uh, we used it. If, 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 if I had kids today in the car, I'd have it on a video screen while we're driving somewhere and just get things inside of them, right? Um, this, this is the second half of this principle, and this is really important. We have to protect our children from evil. And that's really important. I'm going to show you a scripture in a moment, but we have to do that. And not too long ago, before COVID, I went to a movie, and, it's, and I love action movies, so I'm in this action movie. People are going to be shot, and things are going to happen, right? And I see parents in there with three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, and I can't believe it. I'm like shocked. I'm like, and part of me wanted to go talk to them. My, my dad would have. My dad would have said, hey, what's wrong with you? Um, but I, I just, I don't do that. And, and so, but I thought, wow, do they realize their kids don't have the filters to digest what they're seeing? I mean, you, you have to protect them. So when my kids were younger, um, I just, G-rated was all we let them see was secular things until they got older. And then we, we let that fence out, right? Because I knew I was still forming their belief system. And, and then they don't know how to handle murder and shooting and all those things. And, and so uh, we, we protected them. And listen, listen to this incredible scripture, Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Doesn't this sound like a sister verse, right? Um, train up your child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. They won't depart from it. It determines the course of your life. So he's just letting us know, man, if we get the right thing, your heart is what's inside you. It's your, your mind and your spirit. And it says you need to guard it above everything else. And listen to that. It's the most, your most important job. This is just for adults now is to guard your heart. So how do you guard your heart? What we see and what we hear. What we hear, what we see. What we hear, what we say. What we say. All that's planted into our hearts. But guess what, parents? You're the guardian of your children. Their destiny's in your hand. You're their guardian. So you have to guard their hearts. And you have to decide, what do I want to protect them from? And that's between you and God. And every parent's going to be different. And that's okay. That's okay that we're all going to be different. But I want you to think about this. We just showed you, so showed you something that's really cool on YouTube. Uh, and YouTube and TikTok, they're full of really good things. 
funny things, not bad things. But then you can see soft porn and hard porn on both of them. And, and then there's these channels on there. Some of them are young people. They have a half million uh, subscriptions, a million, two million subscriptions. And they're teaching your kids that God isn't real, Jesus isn't real, and they're teaching some really terrible things. So you wanna make sure, especially when they're younger, in junior high too, you wanna make sure you know what are they listening to. It's, it's your job to protect them and to make sure you know they're friends. Um, with our kids when they were young, uh, we wanted them to be friends with everybody at school. We didn't want them in a bubble, but their best friends that they would sleep over their house and those kids would sleep over our house, and we knew their parents, and we knew their parents felt and, and believed just like us, and we made sure they were really good kids because uh, the Bible says who you hang out with, you become like. So we, we were very careful, and, and, and I grew up, my parents didn't know this principle, and I had some of the worst friends on the planet, and they taught me everything, and they ruined a lot of things in my life. They, they ruined my innocence, right? And, uh, and my parents just didn't know to protect me from them. They were all these neighborhood kids, right? And so uh, I, I determined we're going to make sure we know, you know who our f- kids' friends were, and we watched, and you want to do that, right? Because you, you, are, you have to protect them. You have to guard them from what gets inside of them, because the world's going to form their, their principles too. And I got to thinking about this, guys, um, how crazy the world is today. It's a digital world, uh, social media, it's just crazy. And there's so much more out there than there was when I was growing up. And schools are so different now than they were when we went to school. Public school, when we went to school, was a safe, safe place. And now they're teaching some things to kids where it's not all that safe. So um, you know how I say I'm not political from the pulpit? And I'm not. You know, I'm not going to criticize the current administration, the, the past administration. I just... Don't feel that's my calling, but I do want you to know, and last time I talked about this, I thought I should have told them these other things. I am really political. I'm a super political freak. I am. But I do things behind closed doors. So I call politicians locally. I call them, say, hey, I want to have coffee. Um, Can I come to your office? And I confront them on issues. I do. I confront them on things they're doing things they need to do better. Um, if anything's immoral, I will confront them on it. I'll sit right in front of them, and I'll talk to them about it, guys. We're allowed to do that, right? And they love me, and they're afraid of me because uh, I have influence, so they're nervous. They say, okay, maybe I'll think about that. I can't make them do everything, but, uh, I, and I'm not trying to make them. I'm just telling them, saying, hey, you know, this isn't good for the community. Um, and I want to say this to you about school boards. I really think uh, parents, you, you have every right to go to a school board meeting and, and say what you think, and, 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 and you do it in love, right? You do it in a loving way. You do it as a Christian, but you, you need to watch what your kids are being taught, and we have so many incredible teachers here at the school, and they tell us it's getting bad, right? So we saw what happened in Virginia, and you just need to watch, and I'm going to bring this up. I'm not being political, uh, but the governor of Florida passed this law, right, and the law is you're not allowed to teach gender issues uh, to kindergarten through third graders. And, and the left media is attacking him, saying, they call it the gay law, saying he hates gay people. But you know who came to his defense? Gay people and transgender people. And they've gone public, and they, they're saying, we agree 
with the governor of Florida. They're saying, those kids are too young to hear all this stuff. And I thought, isn't that amazing? Uh, the people that they're saying he hates are saying, no, he's right. He's right in what he's doing. And so you and I, we have to watch. And I think that's our job. Remember, they're not kings and queens. We hired them, right, when we voted for them. So we have every right to say, hey, we don't like this, and we want this to change. And some of you, listen right now, I'm going to get on my bandwagon. Some of you need to run for for school boards. Some of you need to run for commissioners and other offices. I mean, you have skills, and you have abilities, and some of you have lived life, and you have so much to offer because of what you did, and you, you met payroll. Man, that's good to have government people that had to meet payroll at one time, and, and uh, you have a lot to offer, so I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Protect your kids. Get involved. Get involved with your kids. And this last one is also important. Remember, parents control the destiny of their children. You have to focus on godly discipline. And that is so important. And here's why. Proverbs 22, 15. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of discipline will remove it far from them. So I want to talk about that rod in a moment. But do you know we're born with foolishness in our hearts? It's called a sin nature, and all of us have it. And uh, it's just there. And you never taught your kids. And anybody ever teach their kids to lie? No. Have you ever taught them not to listen? No. But they can do it, right? Right then, no, they can do it. Why? It's, it's, they're born with it. So we have to work it out. But notice the rod of discipline. Now, when we were parenting, our kids were young, we, we paddled them. If I, if I were to redo it today, I wouldn't do it. There are other ways to do the same thing, so I, I would not paddle, but that's all we knew back then, and, and uh, we did it very lovingly, but you can discipline them without paddling. The idea here is the rod of discipline is not talking about a paddle. That's what I took it as, had my dad make me a really big one, and uh, uh, my kids hated that paddle, and I can see why, um, but it's just referring to a, a discipline, just disciplining them, right? And, and I want to show you some scriptures. I'm going to go through them quick, but they're amazing. And just to show you how important you disciplining your kids are, and this first one, Proverbs 13, 24, whoever spares the rod or doesn't discipline hates their children. Isn't that wild? But the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. So this is really, really important. Um, uh, Proverbs 19, 18, discipline your children for in that there is hope. They'll have hope. Uh, it goes on to say, not, uh, do not be a willing party to their death. So discipline's really important. You gotta get that foolishness out from their hearts. And then Proverbs 29, 17, discipline your children and they will give you peace and they will bring you the delights you desire. And that doesn't mean some of them with clinical depression and chemical imbalances aren't gonna give you some heartaches, right? Doesn't mean they're not gonna make some mistakes, but... Again, why are we going to train them? Why are we going to make sure we put the truth in, form these belief systems? We want to give them the best chance that they can have, the best chance. And so uh, when we talk about disciplining a child, it's just about you and I. You know, If they do something wrong, we hold them accountable. And I'm going to give you a book that will help you do it or show you how to do it. You can learn from it. Uh, but you just hold them accountable. That's all it's referring to. And you discipline them. You might, you might give them timeouts when they're younger. You might uh, take something away from them, right? But you're holding them accountable. Well, I remember when, uh, just to show you this is possible, when our kids were younger, we brought them to church, and then we had to greet for 20 to 30 minutes in, in lobbies. 
And so I remember when they were five and four and six, uh, we'd have someone bring them from children's church, and then I taught them at home. This is what I taught them at home. I taught them to listen to my voice the first time, and uh, it, it was a little bit of a job, but uh, it worked. And I would tell them, sit on a couch, and then um, I would keep working with them. And, and I wanted them to sit, and i say, sit there until I tell you to get up. And, you know, it'd go five minutes or so, six minutes. And then they'd get up, so then you discipline, then you get up, then you discipline. So it got to where, though, guys, I did it at home, not in public. Um, I tell them to sit in a chair, and they would sit there for 20 minutes and not move, five years old, four years. Their kids, their friends would come up and say, come, come run around. They'd go, nope, we're not allowed to move. And I didn't even have to watch them. I didn't have to give them the eye. You know, they just listen. Kids can be trained. But then here's something really important. I talked about public. Don't shame your kids in public. I watch people do it in grocery stores. I just want to cry. Um, and then sometimes it doesn't happen much, but right in the lobbies, someone will come up to me with their child right next to them and tell me how bad their kid is. They're the most rotten kid ever, you know. And, and I just want to cry. So I deflect the conversation, try to talk to them in private because I don't want to shame the parent neither. But that will make them bitter, right? And, and I just want to show you the atmosphere. Uh, one more scripture, Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment, but rear them tenderly in the training and discipline and counsel and admonition of the Lord. So create an atmosphere of love, do it in love. And I remember, uh, I didn't know any better. And when our I first started with Joey and, and Dave. Gina would take me aside and say, you're going to make them bitter because I'd go on my rant about this house is a pigsty and little things like that, and you guys are pigs, and, and, uh, and just let loose, you know. And, and Gina would take me aside and say, honey, you're going to make them resent you and make them bitter. And I'd say, you're making me resent you by just telling me this right now, right? Um, that's, that was our beginning marriage. We had to work on it. And that is not a lie. That's what I said. And, and, and uh, so she coached me. She helped me get it, right? But I was more of the disciplinary, give them what they need, right? And, and you, you, can, you need a discipline, but you do it wrapped in love. So I'm going to give you some, some three really cool books to help you. And before I do, I want to say this, guys. Um, if, if you go to Believers.cc and you click this lesson, everything that was on the PowerPoint uh, you click this lesson, then you click notes. Everything that was on the PowerPoint will come up when you click notes. Or if you're watching or listening on the BC uh, app, uh, and you're on this lesson, just click notes, and everything that I, I put on here will come up. So if you forget a book or something, you can find it there. Here's a great book. It's called Heartfelt Discipline. And this book will help you with how to discipline without a paddle and how to do it the right way and the right attitudes. I love this next one the explosive child. And uh, this is talking about strong-willed kids. And uh, our two boys were very strong-willed, but they were great kids, but they were strong-willed. And I remember one day Gina came up to me and she's crying. She says, our boys hate me. They hate me. And I said, why? Because they don't listen to me. And I said, honey, adolescence, as soon as boys get those hormones, um, it's their sin nature. God created boys to be leaders and they don't want a woman telling them what to do when they're that, that age. They don't want their mommy telling them what to do. I said, I will reinforce you. You keep at them. But I said, honey, they are great kids. Uh, they're 100 times better than I was at that age. 
They're great kids and they're leaders. I said, they're doing this because they're leaders and we'll coach them and we were able to coach them. But this book will help you understand how to deal with strong wills. And then this next one's just really cool, uh, The Life-Giving Home. And this is gonna help you just understand how to create a life-giving atmosphere in your home, uh, the Ephesians 6 scripture. I trust, I trust I made some sense. Parents control the destiny of their children. And I don't know about you, but I think God is so cool that he entrusted us with the life of these precious kids. Can we give it up for God and say thank you for entrusting us to raise these kids properly? Thank you so much, Lord God. Let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes, let's pray. Father, I did my best to teach this incredible lesson, and uh, I hope I made sense, Lord, and I thank you for making up the difference. And Lord, here's our prayer. And those of us that raised our kids or never had kids, we're praying for everybody with kids, Lord. And those that have children, just, just pray this prayer. Say, just Father, give us wisdom. Give us wisdom to raise our kids. And show us what to put in them. Show us how to raise them, Lord. And we thank you for doing that. And guide us. Give us grace, Lord, for this incredible job. And Lord, we thank you for the children. We just... Lord, ask you to bless these kids. We ask you to protect them. We ask you to show us how to protect them. Lord, we pray for our school systems and we just ask for godly men and women to, to be on those boards and godly men and women, Father, to be in the schools. And Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Father, uh, for blessing this community and blessing the systems in this community and making us a godly community. We thank you for it, Father, in the precious, precious name of Jesus. And Father, we take a moment and we pray for our adult kids. Lord, we just ask you to bless them, to guide them. We ask you to break any blue dye they have that's not good, Lord. Just break that blue dye. And we ask you, Father, to show them what they can do to break it. And we just ask you to do what only you can do, being God in every single one of their lives. And Father, we thank you for this young generation. Use them to your glory, Lord. I know you're raising them up to do great things. And we just thank you, Lord, that even though the world's dark, your grace is going to be stronger on these kids, and they're going to do amazing things in this world that they're living in, Father. And we thank you for it. Make them fearless, Lord, and bold in the precious, holy name of Jesus. And heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And maybe you're in Boardman. Maybe you're online. Maybe you're at TC, TCI. Maybe you're here in Warren. Uh, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And you're not sure if you're forever. I just want to say to you, Jesus died so you can live. He died so you can live. And the Bible says, whoever calls on his name, he will save them. And if you're listening, you say, I can't remember uh, when I called on the Lord's name last. And if you can't remember or you don't know if you did, this is your time. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart uh, and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. And I want to pray with you right now. And if God's touched your heart and you say, you know what, I know I need Jesus, I'm ready to accept him, would you pray with me right now? And the rest of us, can we help them? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner and I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. This day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. You've always existed. I accept you as my Savior, and I thank you for saving my soul. 
Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.